This is Ronaldo Marcus Green. You're listening to the Mike Sappho Podcast. Derek Jeter or Ray Odonez? Ray Odonez. <laughs> no. I, are you Jeter, finally no, admitting defeat? No, no, no. Derek Jeter. I think he earned the stripes. Ray, this is the first time we talked in probably around like 20, 15, 20 years, right? 15, a good 15. And the argument we used to have, Ed, the argument we had every day during <laughs> baseball, because this was like 96 to 99, it was Jeter Odonias, and we that's all we argued about. It, it, I mean, it was close. It was neck and neck for a couple of years. Right now, people listening and be like, oh, it wasn't. Back then it back was. Then it, it was, because the Sports Center top 10 was Odonias making these great plays. Unbelievable. G- yes, yes, I mean, yes, he, yes. He was a defensive guy, and then, and then you had, you know, of course, Jeter putting on the offensive numbers. The clinic. Well, Ray Odonius hasn't traded away all his players yet, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was before you came on Hollywood on me. Yeah, well, you know, it took a long, long, long road to get to Hollywood. I, I have to ask you a real question. Yeah. When did you go from Ray Green, the power hitting catcher, to Ronaldo Ernesto Green? <laughs> Ronaldo Marcus Green. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my brother's middle name is, is Ernesto. Okay, so okay. They get, they get us mixed up. No, but I had a brother who was making films. Of course, yes. So that. You know, during that time, I had a couple different careers. I started teaching. I was teaching kindergarten through fifth grade. Uh, and then I went to Wall Street for a few years while my brother was making films. And then his very first film went to Sundance. Gun Hill Road, right? Gun Hill Road. And uh, they were calling him the next Spike Lee. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. You know, I could, we could be the Green Brothers. Like, if I go into this film thing, I could produce my brother's movies. So that, it was just the idea that we can do this. But I was like, I don't know the first thing about making movies. You know, I watch them. I love them. But, like... Was it always a passion of yours? Because I've never no. heard you ever talk no. about movies no. ever. No, passion in, in the sense of like, I just like movies, just like you like, you know what I mean? Sports. Yeah. It was just like, oh yeah, I like them, but make them. That's a, I didn't know the first thing about making films. Because I remember, I remember you were on Twitter and you were like, oh, my brother's movie, Gun Hill Road, yeah. Gun Hill Road. And I actually watched it. What was it like? A, didn't the, the dad came home from jail? Yeah, came home from jail. And it was like, and I'm like, oh, my buddy made a movie. But it was like a real movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's funny, like, when you were younger, like, you make the home videos. Yeah, yeah. It was a real movie. It was a movie. I was yeah. like, wow, well, you could go to the theater and see it. And my mom, my How dad cool could go see it. It was crazy. And I remember, like, wow, I couldn't believe that that story came out of our family. It was mm-hmm. like, this is, like, my brother made this thing. He thought about it. He wrote it. He got people to give him money and made a movie. I was like, that's kind of insane. And then since then, he's been directing television. He's doing Grimm and all sorts of stuff. You know, Luke Cage. But, you know, it's like... And now you were you were on Wall Street. I was on Wall Street. And what'd you say? Like, hey, I want to team up. You guys, your brother was always close with you. He was always around us playing baseball together. Always around. Well, the thing is, at that time, I was just supporting him. Like okay. whatever he wanted to do, great. Like you know, I'm just going to come out to the you know, help on the marketing side of it. You know, get the word out. I had a little following. Let me let me post to my little Facebook yeah. friends or whatever. <laughs> like get them to come see the movie opening weekend. And uh, I mean, at that time, again, not thinking about it. I went through a, a breakup, you know, as we all do, and I was like, oh, you know, 27, mid, you know, crisis. Yes, like, what I got divorced at 27. Same thing. Like, yeah. What am I gonna do with my life? So I, I go on the internet and I'm like looking at MBA programs. Literally, I was like, I was thinking I was gonna go back to school and get an MBA. Okay. And uh, and I went to the NYU website and they had an MBA MFA program, and I was like, oh, what's this? And I read the. It's like a little blurb, and it like was me. I was like, oh my god, you can get an MFA and an MBA at the same time, so I can study film. And the business of film. So I was like, oh, I can leverage what I've learned on Wall Street and learn how to make movies. Like, this feels like me. Okay. I remember going. My brother was editing Gun Hill Road at the time. I went to the editing suite. It was like, bro, I know what I want to do with my life. He steps out. He said, bro. Like, he was literally, like, he, he like, took his headset off. I was like, bro, <laughs> like, tell me. Talk to me. I was like, I think I want to, I want to apply for this program. He's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. I was like, but the application is due today. He was like, let me make a phone call. He 
you know, of text message the chair of the department at NYU. The guy says, have him send in his application. Like, didn't say, like, he gets an extension. I was like, it's due today. He was like, have him send it in. Would you stop with the Green Brothers? Yeah. And that was it. And, and so, like, I, I literally, like, in order to, to apply, you had to. I had to take the you know the M, the, the M what is it the GMATs take the GMATs because okay. applying to, to business school, and then I had to also make a little short film to get into the film program. So it was like two programs, two different applications, essays. And it's all this it's stuff. a life change for you. It was too. totally life change. I literally wow. I left like you know a, a fairly decent paycheck as mm-hmm. a single guy, you know, to go and pursue this thing. You know, not knowing that I was actually going to get into the program. So I do all the thing. I apply. And uh, I get a call saying, "I'm uh, sorry, you didn't you didn't get into the to the dual degree program, but you're waitlisted for the film department. Okay. You're waitlisted." And you were okay with that at this point? I was like, "I had a job. I yeah. literally was like, <laughs> I was taking my brother out to eat. Like he had this fancy, you know, film, and I'm like, yeah, I'm still the one paying for the check here." And uh, so yeah, it was that was really what happened. We just you know, so I, I got waitlisted. Mm-hmm. They called me at the end of the summer saying a spot opened up. Do you want to come to you know Tish? And I was like. I mean, Scorsese went there, Spike Lee, my brother. You know what I mean? The Colin brothers, mm-hmm. like the legacy of NYU, the icons of the yeah. icons of film. And I'm like, yeah. how do I say no to that? You know what I mean? I had never gone to like a prestigious school in my life. I went to Fairly Dick. You know, listen, yeah. Fairly Dick was a nice great, school, but nice never school, elite of the elites. Never yeah. the elites of the elites. So I'm like, me from Staten Island, Ray Green gets in the NYU. Like, I got to do this. You know, I have to do this. And mm-hmm. at that time, I didn't have any kids. I wasn't married. I could take the risk. So I decided, you took the risk. That's I decided to go to film school. I'm always, I don't want to say envious, but I'm always like in shock when people make the moves. Like, oh, I went from here to here. You did a complete life change, and it changed your whole life. It changed. But again, no wife, no kids. If if that would have been no, you have to be it, secure with the wife and kids. It would have been a different situation. I mean, I'm I'm in more debt than I ever would have imagined that I was no. going to get into at film school. <laughs> So you know, hopefully now things are changing, but uh, but it took it was a big a big risk. Now you dropped show. Spike Lee's name twice. He actually just filmed your movie, which we're going to get to. Was yeah. it cool meeting Spike? It was, I mean, Spike. It's teaches Spike at, Lee. Yeah. yeah, it's Spike Lee. Yeah. He teaches at NYU, so I knew that going in because my brother had a, a, a relationship with him. He's oh, you could take office hours. So over the course of you know three years at NYU, I had a few office hours with Spike, and I would go in. You get thirty minutes, not thirty-one, not thirty-two. Thirty minutes. He's like, like literally clockwork. Mm-hmm. And you could ask him whatever you want. You could ask him the dumbest questions. You know, and I, most of the times I would just screen a film that I was like making a film. You know, I'm okay. like, oh, here's this ten-minute short. Do you want to watch it? Is that intimidating? Give me notes. At fr- the first meeting with him, because he he's a man of very few words. He doesn't say anything. Yeah, he's not so, the guy on the Nick sideline screaming and yelling. No, no, he's like, so what'd you shoot on? He's just asking questions. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Making you know, second guess everything. Yeah, he's you know, mind like, fucking you doing yeah, the whole thing, really. <laughs> so he's just asking. So, uh, so where'd you, where'd you shoot? Okay, good. And that's oh. it. And then at the end, he says, like, no, you did a good job. You did a good job. Or that's it. Like, no. And that's it. Meeting's over. You so know you didn't even know how you did. You know, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I think, I, I think he respected the fact that I kept going for office hours. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, I was just like, I'm going to keep. You showed your drive. I showed everything that I had. You know, he seen he saw every short film that I ever made. He's seen them all, but like I was, you know, Spike Lee has however, however many students. I was just another student to Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, I mean, listen, he's got his own film stuff, and then he teaches like I didn't know. He, I didn't know he taught in everything. He teaches everything. Is it a passion of his? Like a real passion? Like he's into it, or 
I think, I mean, I think so. Spike has been known to uplift the community and provide lots of opportunities for kids coming out of NYU. Mm-hmm. So for him, it's, I think it's two part. He's, it's a recruiting system. It's basically a farm system for sports. He's coming in and you're like, he sees who the, who the top of the crop is. Top recruiter, yeah. He's like John Calipari. Yeah. Movies, and then like, really. oh, you're going to come and either work for me or I'm going to help you work for yourself. So it's, it's two things. He can either help you produce or he can help you find a job. So he's doing a couple of different things. He's, he's, you know, he's looking out for the, the youth mm-hmm. coming out and saying, like, how can I support? How can I be Spike Lee and help support these? Was, was it weird kids? going to NYU being a little older or no? Was it a lot of younger people? It was, was it? a little weird because I came in. Obviously, I had, I had an office. I had someone to answer my phone. It was weird. Like yeah. I had a paycheck. NYU is like a very wealthy program. So yeah. you got billionaires with a B and millionaires in the program majority of them are very, very wealthy. And then you have like kids like me who didn't come with any money whatsoever, like 100% and, on student and, loans. And no history of moviness. Movies <laughs> whatsoever. So you've got like kids that are like literally like their parents own baseball teams, <laughs> own football teams that go to the school. So it's like, oh, wait, what do you mean? Like, I've never been to a football game in my life. And the reason is because I can never afford one. Yeah. What do you mean you own a game? You own a team, not part owner. Like, I own Madden. I own a team. Like... This kind of stuff. So you're like, okay, this is. A, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm mm-hmm. it's like fish out of water in that sense. But in in a weird way, you know, the drive is not there for some of the kids because they've been handed a lot of things. Yeah, they have it. They have it. So it's like it's hard to be motivated to need to do. I had to do it. Like there was no like my there's dad no failure. You weren't failing. No, there was. If you no, weren't failing, see, we go. If the kid who owns the blank team fails, hey, you can own this team. You fail. It's like, oh, I'm gonna go back to. I don't even know where it, I have now. I lost my office. It doesn't matter. Like I would go to my apartment. I was living, you know, rats, you know, in Harlem. Literally, literally living with rats in Harlem. Like no joke. Like they were in the walls before <laughs> I got into the apartment. I didn't know. It's, I go and it's it's fine. Listen, it was what it was. But I mean, I went from having an apartment and a car to trading that in to go to film school to live with rats. Wow. And it's, then and then you know, of course, thank God, I met my my wife and kids during that process. But it took like a couple of years to like get out of that apartment. Before we before we talk about that, because we actually know each other for twenty five yeah. years. Tell me how you met your wife, because it's a really really cool story. Right. Well, we were on the air train. I, I had gone to the Cannes Film Festival. I didn't have a, a film there, not that year. I, I ended up having a film the following year. But I went to the Cannes Film Festival just on a whim. You know, my my friend was like, "Oh, you should go see what it's like. Watch these French films." I was like, "Okay." okay. Summer film school. This is what I went to film school for, so I could travel, see the world. So I go to Cannes. I'm on the way back. We're on the air train at JFK, and I see this, you know, beautiful woman walk in, and she's sort of looking at me. At least I think so. Yeah. I wanted to tap my. <laughs> I thought she was. Looking You're at a good-looking me. dude, right? Of I thought she's she was at looking at me, and and so I said, okay. I tell myself if she looks again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something. And she looked in my direction, so I I just said, okay, I gotta I gotta I gotta say something. So I just asked her where she was coming from. It was the easiest thing I could say. Obviously. We literally have, gla- you know, that's good luggage. game at the air train. At the yeah. air train. So had, where are you coming from? She had, a, you know, she had a thick accent and a tan. I didn't know. I didn't know what she was. You know, I didn't know if she was Latin or Sp- I didn't know what uh, ethnicity. It didn't matter. I just thought she was beautiful. And next, she had a thick accent. I was like, "Where's the accent from?" She said she was from from Italy. I had taken Italian in school, growing up in Staten Island. Hey, how you doing? And. Um, and then one thing led to another. I was like, oh, I took Italian in school. I start, you know. Now you're thinking about all those classes you know. at Port Richmond. Like, God, <laughs> all those, please. Please. <laughs> Mickey amo Ronaldo. You know, all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm breaking out. Like, all this stuff. She's laughing. You know, and then by the end, she, she, she hands me a business card. 
you know, and I said, you know, it was from the moment. I said, what do you want me to email you? She said, my number's on there. So I, I send her a text message in Italian asking her if she wanted to go to the movies. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. We had a, did, a child two years later. Oh, did you outkick your coverage? Be honest. What's that? Did you outkick your coverage? No, no, no. Really? No. You're better looking than how you're telling me? No, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. So you way out kicked the coverage. Right, come on, right. Who you she's uh, <laughs> she's beautiful. She's. I really thought at the first time, I was like, no, I mean, she's too good for me. Yeah. I really look, was like, I, I'm in film school. I, got, I can't I can't literally afford to, to, to have a it's like the half. It's like the half-baked What am I going to do? Chappelle I can't even go date, out. Right? I mean, she's like, she's a professional. What am I going to do? Like, she has a business card. She has a business card. I'm eating ramen. You know, I felt like I was back in you know college days. <laughs> I had left my job, and now all of a sudden I'm eating on the right side of the menu. Like, oh, you can, can I order from the kids' menu? Can I get the fries? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, it, it it really was like a humbling experience, you know, going to film school and realizing. And she was supportive of you? Not that she, obviously she was, but. At that time, I, was, I had this really dumb confidence at like 28 years old. I was just young and hungry and excited about the world. All of a sudden, I was traveling for the first time in my life. Like growing up in San the first time I had gone on a plane mm-hmm. was as an adult. Like, I hadn't been anywhere, you know. We had gone up and down the East Coast in the car. My dad took us to, like, Disney World yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But, like, we had never been on a plane until I was an adult. So as soon as I was able to see the world a little bit, that was the first time, you know. And so all of a sudden I was, like, going to Cannes. I was going doing things that I never had an opportunity to do as a kid. And so I was, I was just confident. I was seeing the world for the first time. I was, you know, opening my, it, my it, eyes. How weird is it? Because you and I grew up together, and – so I never traveled. My family never traveled. You know, um, like I'll be. I was, my parents were poor. I didn't yeah. know. I, I didn't know we were poor. You know, I didn't know yeah. until I was older. I'm like shit. We were. <laughs> we were like, you don't have anything. We were poor. No, we had. We, I let's be honest. We played baseball together for tw- 15 years. We always had so cleats and. Ba- I didn't know I was poor, and then I remember I went uh, when I was in high school. Went to Cancun for the first time. First time I've ever flew. Yeah. And then after me I, too. That was my first flight. Yeah, <laughs> my brother took me to Cancun. I'm like Cancun. This and I was in another country. My first flight was to another yeah. country, and maybe around five, six years ago. Like I started traveling hard. Like then I started going all over the world. Yeah. So when you start going to these places, it's weird because my family still doesn't travel, yeah. and they just have now they have zero desire to. And I was in Italy, and I was in Iceland and Thailand, and they're like, "You were at the Colosseum, like you, seeing the world. You've seen it. It's, yes. it's mind it's blowing. Mind blowing. It? Where have you gone?" So I mean, Italy was one of the first. How crazy I went is Italy? To. It's unbelievable. It? Oh, and now being married to an Italian, it's hilarious because. We go. We have to go back. Yeah. There's no. It's like that's where. We, There's know, an excuse to go. Oh, fine. I have to go to Italy yeah, again. Yeah, no, let's go. So fine. My, my wife is like, oh, I'm teaching a course in Venice. And I'm teaching, and for her, it's really like work. And I'm like, are you kidding? We're going to Venice. <laughs> There's it's little amazing. Yeah, I saw boats. that. <laughs> There's gondolas. You know, like I and I feel like a kid in a candy store. So we, you know, I've traveled most of Italy. I've been mm. to Sicily and, and Sardinia and many, 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 many. Provinces in Italy, and you know, I've been to Paris. I've been to France. I took the Paris last week. It's most of Europe yeah. I've seen. Most of Europe. I haven't been to Asia yet. Uh, Asia's awesome. I've been to Africa twice. I went to South Africa. Shot okay. a short film there. Uh, I've been to Egypt. I've been. To I, I went to Egypt a few weeks ago. It's, yeah, I mean, my Egypt experience was not. So you didn't ride the camel in front of the. No, no, no. Oh, okay, I, so. It was like right after September 11th. Oh, it was so not it was, a good time was, to okay. be an American. We were at some like crappy. De- like, it was a resort that they were building when we were getting there. So it was literally like, the, "Hold on, sir, wait five <laughs> hours while we install your toilet." I mean, it was terrible. They had AK forty seven. I was like, "Oh my god!" I'd never felt more uncomfortable. It's like, in sir, my the life. pyramids from the from the. Oh, from it was an eight hour drive from the brochures. There were pyramids. It was an eight hour drive in the middle of the summer, and they were like, "The bus usually breaks down twice on the way there," oh. and I was like, I, no, "I'm not gonna do it. I just can't." I can't do it. I got sick too. You know, it was hard. It was just the worst possible trip that I could have ever gone on. But I'm glad that I did it. 
I, I would read. I have to redo. Revisit it. Now watch as a professional, <laughs> as you guys can watch this. So you filmed the short in uh, South Africa. Let's talk about some shorts. Yeah. I just watched one of your shorts. Stop. Okay. See, that's how you guys mo- flow into another thing. All can aside. So now let's talk some movies. We caught up. You did two movies. Well, you did a bunch of movies. Two movies that I would say are prominent, right? Yeah. You stop. Your most prominent besides. The prominent short film. Short film. See, a short. That's what we call yeah. it here in the business. Nine-minute movie. Nine-minute. Or is it still yeah. a movie considered? Yeah. I guess a, yes, a short movie. It, it was intense. It was. I actually, you sent me the link yeah. to it. It was a nine-minute thing. It, it was intense, and it was about uh, a black man, a black kid, getting stopped. Mm-hmm. Stopped, question, and frisk. Yeah. Well, it wasn't question at that time. Smooth move. Just stop and frisk. You're stop right, though. Stop at that time. And, it's changed. Yeah, no, and there was a few things I want to talk to you about that. I have a lot, both of us have a lot of friends. Growing up in Staten Island, it's cop town. There's it's so many cop. cops. So I have so many friends with it. What made you, what was your desire to make that movie? Well, it was after um, the Trayvon Martin decision had come out okay. by George Zimmerman. And I remember reading the testimony. I was like, I don't know, this kid, he was kind of in his hometown. He was, go- he was literally, from my perspective, a kid that was going home mm-hmm. and some really bad stuff happened to him. Whether, I don't care if he was bad in his real life, it didn't matter. Just from, and I, on and that I, day, on sorry. that day, something bad happened to this kid mm-hmm. that I just didn't feel was necessarily warranted, in my opinion. And I and I listened to the transcript, mm-hmm. and obviously there's no video of that of that, and you hear you know you, you hear the radio transmitter telling George Zimmerman, "Don't approach. We've got it under control. Don't, like, do not follow. Do not follow. I mean, that's exactly what it said. Do not follow. He decides to do and whatever and whatever transpires after that, that kid's life is not here." And then all you have is, is, is his testimony, and then he was acquitted. And I just felt like that could have been me. I literally was like, that kid it could have been me going home in Staten Island and, and getting stopped. And so that's, that's how that little short film was, was, was born. It was just out of that, my desire to say that something's, something's off here. And a few things that stuck out with me in the thing. And now I'm going to ask you now, as a viewer, yeah. the main character, what was his name? Zyrick. He was very humble and meek and soft-spoken, even to his boy. They were talking about girls. Yeah. I think Kevin Durant yeah. and this, and he was, and then he was the same demeanor with the cop. Was that your intention to make it the same? Like that he didn't change his uh, demeanor or attitude with the cops? Was that your? To be honest, the kid had never acted before. So okay, it was the first time he was ever acting. I just wanted him to be natural, you know. I and had, he seemed like he was extremely natural. He we. Our audition process, I invited him over to my house, and we just had a conversation. I wasn't like, I'm going to audition the kid. He doesn't okay. understand what that is. So we just had a conversation. And he nonchalantly told me about a time that he, like, the week before, he was like, oh, I just, this just happened to me. Okay. He was like, oh, yeah, I was just walking home, and I got stopped. Like, he wasn't upset. There was no animosity about it. He was like, this just happened to me. I was like, it's, it shouldn't be normal to me to just be stopped by the police to for because no, you're blind. Listen, you don't have to keep saying because I mean I understand because you know what I'm saying. That's like, how hey, I felt. I was like, okay. it just—it shouldn't be normal that because you're black, you just get stopped by the police. Okay. And this was just normal to him. It was just like, oh yeah, this, oh, it was just like this happened to me last week. What do you mean this happened? To you? Were you were you making noise? Were you doing something that you were provoked? Because like, let's be honest, you're you're older now. You're you're a professional. I'm a professional. I've got family. Yeah. I have kids. This so you like, be, wait a minute, 17 I never thought just, about it. Growing up in Staten Island, I had... You were never stopped, so right? So many different... No, I mean... We were stopped at going leaving a keg party. It was like... Yeah, I also grew up with a father that had a gun well, was, and a shield. Oh, I actually so, know if I can talk about that. Your, da- your dad... 
had a gun and shield. So you actually saw it from a different perspective too. A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Yes. We're so we had a certain level. Like I felt like I always lived in the pocket a little bit. I and your dad to. wasn't taking no shit. If no, he, exactly. No he, cop was showing no him. Like, by the way, Ray up. was mouthing. Oh, re- oh really? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. My dad was was an enforcer. Yeah. You know, so he he raised us right. So mm-hmm. there was no. We also had sports. Yeah. Sports was our avenue. There was no hanging out. There was no walking home at night at ten Never. p.m. We were leaving practice at 10 p.m. or yeah, yeah, but there was no walking home at 10 p.m. Like mm-hmm. my dad was either picking us up or dropping us off. Of course. So there was no. I was never in the situation where that could have happened to me. But now, as an adult, where I don't have a dad lead blocking for me anymore, there's no protection other than the fact that I'm a grown man. Mm-hmm. Like this could happen. Sure. And so that's kind of how. So you were a little like, holy crap! You would just stop, and it's not even, and it, it doesn't even affect your day. Like, let's be honest, 99 percent of the people, oh my god, a cop just stopped me. I got. Because the guy got stopped. It wasn't even – it didn't bother yeah, him. Yeah, but it does affect the day. And that's the thing. It's like, yes, there. It, it's – now it's immune. We're immune to the mm-hmm. fact that, like, this could just happen whenever. And it's like that's, to me, something's, something's off. Like, so And that was to, kind of like your purpose of making the movie. Like, you wanted to kind of bring attention to it? Yeah, I think so. Now, during the movie – and I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I really did. Like, yeah. you sent me the link. I'm like, all right. And because I have so many cop friends, I'm like, oh, this is going to be very slanted. Yeah. It's going to be very one way. It's going to be very – it really wasn't. You made the um, the cops actually seem, and I hate to say this because I hate cool, but like they stopped him. They didn't tell him, "Hey, we stopped you because there was a robbery." There was a you fit in the description. They just basically, say, "Hey, come here." He complied. They went through his bag. They searched him. All right, my man, get home safe. And they kind of like they did a compliment sandwich. They yeah. stopped him. Yeah. Hey, what's up, bud? Doing nice to him. Search your shit, which is sh- shitty. Yeah. But they let him go. Like, hey, buddy, get home safe. Yeah. All right, I'm not mad at those guys. So, did, was it your goal to kind of like not make a bad guy in it? Well. We actually cast real New York City police. Officers. Oh, they were both cops. So both are cops. Oh, okay, okay. Both working in in one is a transit cop. Works All right. Forty second Street. Oh, that's cool. Other, okay. My other buddy works. Used to work in Staten Island. Now works down at uh, downtown. So okay. One. He works downtown. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And uh, so when I was doing the research, I was like, guys, how would you do a stop? Like oh. this is this is just a no, like how would you do it? So it wasn't like oh I'm telling you to be angry or be upset. Like you Let's just, just stop do your kid. job. Let's do your job. How would you do this? And so what they orchestrated the stop for me. There was no Oh really? I didn't teach them how to do okay. it. They taught so it me wasn't like, hey, read the script. Well, I had written my idea of what a stop was. And they're like, oh, we wouldn't do it like this. We would do it like this. We would do it like this. Oh, so, so, you, had, so, so you had like legit experts. That- I had legit experts. Both are aspiring actors. One is on a show. Uh, oh, really? What's really? The what's the cop show? It's a it's Gotham. Okay, okay. One is like well, Detective Alvarez on, on Gotham. All right. He's a, he's, you know, <laughs> And he got that show after our little short film, and uh, but he he plays a lots of cops in lots of mo- like small movies. Okay. He's been he had been a police officer in lots of other films, so I guess that's how he supplements his income. He does the that's cool. Does that? He's retiring in a couple of years, and he and he acts. And so when I presented the script, there was nothing in the script that was out of the ordinary. It's like this is actually what we do. Yeah. So it wasn't like oh they read the script oh no I would never do this or this is going to portray me in a bad way. This is actually. Our job. This is our job description. And what was the response to the movie? Because you know, if you read all the reviews, do you read the reviews? I don't really read the reviews. I mean, the good ones. I've, yeah, of course. The yeah, good, the good you ones, copy yeah. paste, put on your wall, yeah. put in the refrigerator. Because the reviews like powerful. So like, and the, you you like reading that stuff. It was powerful. It it, it touched me. Thank you for doing that. That was that's yeah. Like nice. Well, that's what kind of led to the feature, and I'll get to that later okay. on. But of course, I mean, it was nice that people responded to it, and I had I had. Literally, like at the premiere, premiered at Sundance 2015, the short film, mm-hmm. and I had I had 
all different ethnicities coming up to me saying, oh my God, thank you for making this film. I have a son. I had a white woman come up to me. She's 55 years old, crying, bawling. I mean, imagine a white mom coming up to me saying, you know, my son never has to face this. Like, thank you for making this movie. Or you know, just things like this. And like, wow, like, it's, it's responding to a whole different audience. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, it's not, wasn't black or white. It was just about being human. Would you want to feel that way? In the movie, the movie ends, and I'll play spoiler alert. Uh, black kid gets walks home, gets stopped by the, by the police. They search his stuff. Basically, hey, buddy, get home safe. He makes his way home. When he goes home, and I, I, I want to make sure I get through. He threw something out. Did yeah. he? Did he have something on him? He had a little weed. See you. And this is why you're good. Okay, I'll tell you this. And I, I wanted to ask you. I want to wait for the podcast. So now, Ed, you ready for this? Ed, this guy gets stopped walking home. Uh, the cops basically grab him. They don't say why they stopped him. So it's just basically a stop and frisk. They go into his bag. They search his stuff. They don't say a word to him. Like, where are you coming from? Baseball practice. They find the baseball. Basketball? Be- baseball. Was it ba- basketball? No, they ask him if it was basketball. Yeah, they, baseball. That was, <laughs> so listen, they stop him. He's playing basketball. They find the baseball. And they search his bag. All right, buddy, get home safe. When he gets home, you can see his mom sitting there. He's like, hey, what's up? Goes in the bathroom, looks around, like kind of deceivious, like looks around. Then throws, flushes something down the toilet. So it leaves you like, okay, he did have something on him, yeah. but yet it wasn't like, what was the reason for the stop? It kind of puts you in both avenues. Yeah. like, And then it, it left me as the viewer, okay, maybe you know what? Maybe that stop will make him not carry weed. Is that Was that any part of your attention or is that me overthinking it? I mean, for, for me, it, it, as, a, as the author of it, as if I try to always think about who am I speaking to? Who is my audience? So to me, the audience was that kid. If, I was, if that was my son... What would I want for him? I, even if, listen, I'm not saying that weed is bad. And it's legal in lots of states now. But if that weed is going to ruin your life, you might want to consider. So there was a reason you put the weed in the, in the film. Well, the, weed, the, the reason I put the weed in the film is that it wasn't about the weed. It was really about the stop. And so some people, oh, yeah, the weed. Yeah. So they have a justification <laughs> to stop like yeah, they, 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 yeah, yes, yes. Should, should arrested I, him for the I, weed. I had I had a guy come up to celebrate. Yeah, I'm so glad you put the weed because yes. And it, I was like, it proved was, they were right. Yes, it proved. Yes, really? yes. So I've had I've had different reactions like that, which is like, listen, he's entitled to that sure. reaction. And then I've had other people like, oh, I know why you did the weed, right? Because because you know, and so it's 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 very reaction. But to me, the movie's not about the weed. The no, about the stuff. They didn't know he had weed. Do you love to get in a reaction? Because a lot of people do movies and, hey, that was a funny movie. That was you like getting a reaction. Of course, okay, of course. I mean, it's like it's like any any commentary of any game. Listen, you watch the Super Bowl. It's all about what this person did. You know, so it's all about the the, the inner workings of That's the game. Funny it's like, the yeah, That's it's not funny. about the you know whatever the score is. Whatever it's about the plays in between. You know? What is your personal opinion about stop question frisk? I mean, my personal. Well, it wasn't question i think this is a very good thing actually mm-hmm. i think question the fact that i think i think and i don't know uh, maybe you guys can help me i believe that now you have to a police officer has to introduce themselves right which wasn't the case i think a second a, a police officer saying to me they stop me and say hey my name is officer barrett or whatever it is like that second could save a life so i think that's a really good thing when it's questioned but but before when it's not when it's no question it's like hey come here come here it's listen i don't know who you are a lot of these cops are plain clothes you look like i don't know you could be anyone i would be anyone. nervous if anybody came to me in any way like i whether i would run 
or I don't know if I'm being attacked. I have no idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll I don't, honest, they, I don't if care if they're white, black, Spanish, Asian. If, if two dudes roll up to me and be like, yo, come here. Dude, I I would push my girlfriend in front of them and run away so fast. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to lie. You don't know what I you would, would do. I don't know lie. what I would do. I've never been put in a situation, but I know I would be nervous. Mm-hmm. And that ner- – people, what are you so nervous about? What are you nervous about? And so I'm nervous because you're asking me what I'm nervous about. It's like <laughs> – it's like, you know, it's like... It, 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 you're out of the element. You're out so, of the element. Yeah. And so when somebody's... Even when they're being calm, I'm starting to get nervous. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Am I going to get in trouble? Even if you didn't do anything wrong, you feel like you're going to be in trouble. From uh, speaking to a lot of cops about... Because it was a hot issue. To, it's, it's kind of died down yeah. a lot yeah. in the issue. I remember talking to so many cops, all my friends on all my sport teams of police officers. And they were saying the biggest misconception mm-hmm. is that... Just say right now, you and I are police officers and we stop somebody. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing over here, bro? No, all right, have a good day. That's considered a stop, question, first report, even though we only stopped him and questioned him. And I always felt that always skewed the numbers a little bit. Like, we didn't frisk subject A, yeah. but it still goes on a paper, stop, question. So that was, that's the thing. And you know what? The problem is 90% of people don't want to hear that. Yeah. They just want to hear, you stop, quick. But so that was cool. So your opinion is just like, hey, maybe make a little more of a personalization. Like, hey, listen, I'm officer blank, you're officer blank. Here's the deal. We're stopping you because of X. Let's talk. Exactly. Even if, listen, sometimes it happens. You, We got a phone call. said somebody looked like that. Mm-hmm. It happens. I understand. It, it makes sense. I mean, how are they going to do the job? But it can't be every every kid down the block. Can't look like everybody else. Like, we got we got to do something to change. Okay, so you went from one hot button issue, yeah. which is stop question first, which was very hot button. That was front page newspapers all over. Yeah. To your new, your fir- is this your first feature? My first feature film. How long is the film, first of all? 90 minutes. Okay, and it's called Monsters and Men. Monsters and Men. Did you name it after the Icelandic? I did not. Oh, <laughs> the Icelandic group, Monsters of and Men. Of Monsters and Men. Of, is that what it is? Yeah, they're of Little, little Talks. Little I Talks. Great, yeah. Little Talks. <laughs> you tell me you have a film, and I'm looking up Monsters and Men, and this YouTube video is coming up about Little Talks. I'm like, what the? Ray's making movie videos now? <laughs> Okay, so, so what's the purpose of Monsters and Men? And tell everybody what is the movie about. So essentially the movie is about how a videotape of police violence affects a community, told through three different pr- protagonists. Um, the guy who videotapes it, a police officer, and a young high school athlete. And yeah, the purpose is basically how, you know, how these tapes get sort of sensationalized by the news. And, we're, we're, you know, it's like... It's sort of the rip by the headlines, and all of a sudden we're very numb to these. Oh, which which case is that again? It's, oh. Uh, what, oh, that was what city was that? And I don't know. We're sort of getting numb to where these things are happening. Completely and, desensitized. And on both sides, Comple- on oh. both the cops. Whether oh, was it Baton Rouge? Was that was that Dallas? Like we're forgetting where these things happen. Like so desensitized. Happening. It's happening all the time, everywhere. And obviously, it's because we have more videotapes of the things. Mm-hmm. And so now all of a sudden, it's not like this stuff is new. It's the videotapes that are new and the fact that these tapes are getting out there in a huge way. Facebook Live, you're seeing people die. I mean, it's, 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 Everything. it's crazy how, how it's getting out there. But it's also, again, we're, we're forgetting how these things are really just affecting our communities, like where I grow up and, and the people around me. So it's like, oh, yeah, like, oh, okay. I, which, and it sort of lives in this space of like, well, I can't do anything about it, right? Well, I think we can. I mean – that's sort of where it lives. And I was like, I think we need to do something about it. I don't know what it is, not that it's going to be super righteous, but like, it shouldn't be okay to, that cops are getting killed and that 
young African-American kids are getting killed. Like, something's wrong. Like, it's an eye for an eye. And, like, where, where do we end up? You, you mentioned three different point of views. Is the movie done? I actually, because you never sent me yeah. the movie, I guess you have to pay for the movie. Uh, Ray <laughs> wouldn't send it to me. No, but in, in seriousness, because you sent it's from uh, three different perspectives. Yeah. So it's actually done from the person filming it. That's yeah. like part of the movie. So that's sort of the inciting incident in the film, if you will. So sure. the, the first character in the film videotapes an act of, you know, where uh, someone, someone gets killed okay. at the hands of police. Okay. Right or wrong, it, it doesn't matter. The point is not about it, right or wrong. It's he films it, he has this evidence, and he has a choice: does he upload this video, or does he not upload the video? Oof, okay. Knowing that his life might change, if his he might change if he uploads this video. Sure. He was a witness. Nobody else was there. What does he do with it? You know, maybe you know he does. He's not related to this guy, but like he knows him, and they're friends. They're part of the same community. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Do I turn a blind eye to the fact that I have this thing, um, or do I just you know let it go? Yeah, do I let it go, or do I actually do something with it? You know, what does his conscience say? So that's the first character in the film. Okay. And the second character in the film is actually a police officer who has nothing to do. He wasn't there at the shooting, but he works in the same department. As the you know of the of the police that actually did the killing. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so he's one step removed. He's just a cop that knows the cop. Didn't didn't he wasn't there, so he can't testify. Just knows him. He has the video, just like everybody else has the video. He watches it just like another okay. person. Okay, you know. And then what is he? What is he? How does he deal with this as a black police officer who's working in this precinct? You know, now that the community's the community's upset, so this guy does end up releasing this video. And so the community wants answers to what happened. Okay. You know, what happened? I mean, they're, you know, one of their, one of their folks is gone, and they're upset. At the hands of the police. At the hands of police, and they're upset. And what's the third point? And the third point is about a young African-American kid, like Stop. It's mm-hmm. the same. It's based on that kid in the short film. Okay. It's funny you said that. I'm going to tell you why. Because his name was – I'm sorry. Zyrick. And in the trailer you sent me, the father says to him, and he's playing baseball. I'm like, dude, is Ray going to keep doing the baseball? So it's a – okay, that's cool. That's a good it's job by you. It's the same kid. So I kept the short film. Oh, that's a good job by you. The short film lives in the feature, and it's the third chapter. It's just expanding. That's actually a good job by you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, no, really. Because <laughs> the, the father says to him, like, dude, what, what are you doing out yeah. there? Yeah. Like, don't ruin what you have tomorrow. Oh, that's intense. Yeah. So then that's – and so this kid is also one step removed. He has nothing to do with the killing. He's not related to the cop. He's just a kid that lives in the neighborhood. But it's how these tapes affect kids like that. How does a kid who has nothing to do with, you know, he's not, again, he's not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. He's just, he's got everything going for him. But somebody in his community, somebody that he knows, like, he passes that deli every day. You you know people in the community. You know people in the community. He sees the guy. He knows, Mm -hmm. the guy maybe even gave him a dollar for an ice cream at some point in his life. He knows him. He knows that he was killed. So that has to affect you on some level. I know this person. I've met him before in my life, and he's gone. What do I do about it? I'm 17. What, I got a baseball career. What, you know, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks for him. Or, you know, I don't know. Do I want to make a change? Yeah, that's sort Oof. of the, the, the question, the Colin Kaepernick sure. kind of. Bring up the conversation. Now, this is obviously, I hate to say the word loosely. It's loosely based on the Eric Gardner thing with someone filming. Because that the filming kind of brought such prominence to filming a police thing that wasn't a shooting but it turned into a killing so it yeah. obviously was it was loosely based on that of course I grew up in Staten Island well I was going to ask you were you a f- personally black man grew up in Staten Island 
would, did the Eric Garner thing have a different effect on you? 100%. Than it would? Really? 100%. Okay, okay. Well, why is that? Well, I delivered pizza in that area. I used to okay. work for Goodfellas Pizzeria. Oh, sure. Okay, okay. No, on Forest Avenue? Yeah. Okay. No, not Forest. I, on Highland. Okay. Oh, yeah, Highland. Okay. On okay. Highland. And and then they open up locations everywhere. They have sure. bars. No, I remember the Highland was the original. No, Highland was the original. Yeah. So I used to live, I mean, I knew we used to go to the ferry. I mean, I it was like when you hear a killing, Philando Castillo, right? Mm-hmm. It's horrible. You watch the tape, whatever. On either side of that, I don't care. Human life is lost. It should be terrible for anybody watching. I don't get police officer, family member. It doesn't matter. Someone died on camera. It sucks for anybody involved. But when it happens in a in your backyard, it has to have an effect on you. It's like I grew up. I, it's like oh my god. I know. I took the S forty four bus from the ferry 100%. down that road. Okay, it's my backyard. Okay, it's it hasn't. It wasn't like some random. Where was that Baltimore? Or, mm-hmm. It was like, oh my god, I know that street. I I actually went in that deli before and bought, you know, ring dings mm-hmm. when I was fifteen. I played Curtis. His bro- you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, 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 all of a sudden, I start going back in my high school days to the time I delivered it, pizza. It's over- weird because Ray, when you watch TV, and I'm gonna say, listen. As a white man, I'm watching TV. I'm like, oh, Ferguson, never been there. I'll never be there in my life. And the truth, you're like, okay, I'm black. I understand what's going on there, but I've never been to Ferguson. When all of a, even when you hear Brooklyn and Manhattan, when it comes down to it, you and I grew up in Staten Island. It's like, oh, my God, Staten Island. I took the bus there, and I – listen, I played for St. Peter's, which is over yeah. there. And we walked past – I've never went there, but that's – it was a weird thing because I travel a lot. So I'll read a book about Thailand. I'm like, oh, I've been to Thailand. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But you grew up there. It's like I took that bus – a thousand times past that look, it was, it was the first one that was eerily like, okay, I don't relate because I'm not a black man, I wasn't whatever he was doing, but it was weird being, that's my home. It, it, it's my it, home. It's it weird was, being it in my was, home. It was a weird, it was weird feeling. hundred percent. So that really touched you big time. Big like, time. Yeah, I mean that was like, wow, this was my, this is it. It's we're not immune to this. Mm-hmm. This could happen anywhere. And it, wasn't it weird when you heard like. Ferguson and this and Staten Island. It's like, whoa, 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 wait whoa, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You bring up, you can say, wait a minute. Florida so, with Trayvon, you can say, you can say New Orleans, don't bring, and then you would hear, wasn't it weird? Because you hear like places that no one ever heard of, Ferguson or here, and then all of a sudden you would hear Staten Island. It, it was yeah. like embarrassing, kind of like, oh shit, we're part of that crew no, now. No, 100%. Like, right? That's interesting you say that because that's how I wanted to make the film feel. I wanted to feel like it could happen to you, it could be in your backyard. And just because it's not in wherever you're from, it could be, and we have to pay attention to it. Now, filming the movie itself, I want to talk about the film, but obviously not getting backlash. People are going into the movie. I'm going to watch the movie from a certain aspect regardless, yeah. and you know that that's human nature. Are you? And you're going to go in there with a certain aspect, human nature. Do you want to ever change anyone's opinion, or do you want to open the conversation? Is that what you're... 100%. So... Going back to the short film, 2015, I told you there mm-hmm. were two, two cops in my film. They're friends. We grew up together. We played sports together. They are my friends today. They're in the feature film. We were at the festival celebrating the short film, like the premiere of the film. Hey, blah, blah. We were joking, having pizza at 2 o'clock in the morning with a cop friend of mine, and we just started talking. We just started talking about the Eric Garner case. And I don't know what brought it up. Okay. And one thing led to another. All of a sudden, my friend... You know, I, when I saw the tape, I just thought it was a guy that should still be alive. Okay. I didn't say he was doing anything wrong. I don't care. Did, I don't care if he – he could have killed the entire deli inside. He should our, – our, 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 our system says that guy should be arrested, mm-hmm. brought to prison, and then tried for that. 
you know, Dylan Roof okay. went in, shot up a church, comes out, gets arrested, and then, you know, he's sentenced. Eric Garner didn't get a chance to do that. So when I see the tape, I think that guy should be alive. Okay. He was like, listen, Ray, it's unfortunate. It's un- and really meant it. Like, I, he was 100%. It's unfortunate that he's dead, Ray, but he was resisting arrest. And I don't know, for whatever reason, that didn't sit right with me. I just, I had more questions about, what do you mean he was resisting? Like, yeah, just because he's resisting, does that mean that he should not be alive? Yeah, but Ray, well, you don't understand things happen. Things happen quick. You don't understand what it's like being a police officer. I understand. I, I know that, Ryan. I'm not a cop. So please explain it to me. Please explain why that guy, Ray, you know, things happen quickly. They didn't, you know. And I was like, well, shouldn't there be better training? He was like, well, why should we have better training? He's like, I was never trained to put anybody in a chokehold before. That's not our training. That one officer decided to do that. So now we all have to be trained. And so he's bringing up some very valid things, you know, like where I was like, you know, I mean, he kept rebutting the things. Nonetheless, it's, it kept going to other things that weren't on the tape. Sure. Like every argument always does. Yeah. So I kept trying to bring it back to the tape. Well, Brian, I understand. But like I look at the three minutes and it, right, you don't understand. They were trying to move him for 10 minutes. What do you do? Yeah, you what didn't see would the 10 you minutes do? Prior, that's right. You didn't see the 10 minutes prior. But, Brian, it doesn't matter if they were 10 minutes prior. The minutes that I saw means this guy should be alive, in my, opi- in my humble opinion. Yeah, but, Ray, they had arrested, he had a relationship with this guy. He tried to, you know, he knew him. All this is great stuff to know. Still it's not great convincing you. Not convincing me. Okay. But he was, it was still valid. He still had a very valid way of looking at it. Which was a very holistic way of saying, listen, I'm a cop. We're put in this situation. You don't know what to do. You have to move this guy. He's not listening. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. But I'm like, there's six guys around him. There's got to be a better way. Get on a bull. Even if you told, and I said to him, Brian, what if, he was like, well, Ray, what would you do? He kept pushing me. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Ray, I would have killed, right right? killed him. I would have killed him. I would have killed him. Brian, I wouldn't have fucking killed him. <laughs> Sorry, excuse my French, but You're I would have killed him. And, and, I, and I said, listen, I would have gotten a bit. Even if you told me you're going to put me in a chokehold, in five seconds you're going to get on my neck, maybe I would have had a different reaction. You know, if you're going to warn me, I'm going to put you in a chokehold if you don't comply. Okay. Maybe you have a different, you know, maybe, I, who knows? Maybe the result is different. If you're going to tell me you're going to do something to me rather than putting me in a situation. So we get into it, and then all of a sudden the, the conversation goes, you know, into – Domestic violence and yeah, it got heated. It got heated. It got a lot of other things. You know what? What we face as police officer wearing the vest and you know going to domestic violence call and all this other stuff. And and so at the end, my friend was pretty emotional. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was intense. Like we were just you know, but he was like emotional. So you were aggressive, more aggressive. He was more emotional. Like hey, dude, you know, aggressive. Yes, Mm -hmm. I would say I was. I was logical, but but sharp. Okay. You know, and trying to be intellectual about it, and he was coming from a very emotional place because he deals with it all the time. He deals with it all the time in a way that the average viewer does not. Sure. And he said, "You know, my brother's a police officer. Ray, he goes out there every day. You don't understand the shit that he faces. You have no idea. You look at three minutes of this shaky video, and you think you know what you would do. And it's and, and I didn't." I didn't personally think I was claiming to know what I would do. I just thought that I wouldn't do what happened to this guy. But it felt personal to him. I think the fact that I was bringing it up felt like I was attacking him as an individual police officer, which I feel like I didn't think I was doing. 
But anyway, so that conversation was just like, oh my god, this was so intense. I mean, imagine somebody. I grew, we live around the corner from each other. He's in my film. He's a friend of mine. He's okay. not like some random. He's not some random dude. I got into a bar like, oh, we, you know, yeah, got of course, into, a political to fight with. I've known him my whole life, and this never came up. Ever. No, and yeah. it's, it's not about. It was beyond race because I know, like, he adopted my best friend who's black, six four, two four. It had nothing to do. It didn't. It's not. It wasn't beyond race. It was like it was just a human conversation about two people saying two different things about this tape, and I was like, "Wow!" I'd never felt in my adult life that I had a conversation like that, and I was like, "It just stuck with me." I was like, "That was wow. the most powerful conversation I ever had in my adult life," and that was the idea. Like I was like, "Wow!" I'd never heard that perspective before. Of course, I see, you read the news, but you just read, you hear that side. You hear Dude, that the side. word. You throw the words out. This you know, was yeah. like a real thing happening with somebody that you. It know. wasn't words. It was a person that you it look at. It was a person that I look yeah. at, and so that was it. That conversation. I was like, you know what? This is really interesting. This is it. This is interesting because we don't hear this side. We don't hear this side of it. We don't hear it in this way, presented in this way. And so that was the idea. Like, okay, well, I can take my little short film and expand this. In, in 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 the idea of perspective, because I have my thoughts on it, but I'm like my thoughts is a very one sided view. Sure, but everyone's gonna ha- yeah. everyone's going in there right now. Like we just said, no matter who they are, they'll never admit. Ninety percent people won't admit it. That without going political, no one's voting for Trump yet. He wins the election. So people go in there with their own agenda. Okay, and so no matter what, you're going in there. With a prejudice. Oh, this is what is this was this movie, and I think the movie does that. It, you think you know what it's going to be. Oh, yeah, like you watch the short. Oh, I know what this is going to be about, and well, then you. Well, you something. nailed it because when when you told me the three people, and I, I read on the movie right when I knew you were coming on, I thought it was from the cop who did the killing, the dude who died, and the, so right away you you just changed it. So that that's really interesting. Yeah, because to me it's not about it's like you said. You said it's about opening the conversation. To me, I'm not interested in telling you what you already know about it. We already understand that people die, cops get killed. It's a reactionary thing. We get it. Of course, setting up the movie, you have to do that. But then what? What are we stuck with? It's not period. It's dot, dot, dot. Let's go. Let's have a conversation. I sit down with my buddy. He's in my film. He's a cop today. He's back in the feature film. We had cooperation from the police. This is not like an us versus that. Because that's what... Everybody wants it to be. Who wants it to be? NYU versus community. It's my, my, like my next question, right? Here's what it says: Response was it black versus white? Republican Democrats? Law enforcement versus civilian? It, it wasn't that. And you're from a perspective that is very important. Your dad had a gun and shield. Yeah. Your dad wasn't in for like you came from both sides. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, really listen, I, I'd be lying to tell you I'm not. I don't lean towards one side. Of course not. I lean toward. Whatever. I don't have a gun. I don't have a shield, mm-hmm. and I'm black and grew up in New York City. I lean towards the side. I lean towards justice on either side. Whatever's that's the side I lean towards. It's I can't protect myself in the way that a police officer can. You know, it's a it's a different it's a different. You know what I mean? Like before we get back to the movie, I want to ask you a question because I'm curious about this. Do you think the biggest misconception? And this is my opinion. I think the biggest problem is that no one wants to talk about race, and I think that's such an issue. Hundred percent. I think that so sympathy in my. One of my best friends ever. From Zimbabwe, Simba, whenever he wakes up, he'll come on. When I mean one of my best friends ever, the reason I think conversations, if you're around people and you just talk, and as long as you know, hey, listen, we're brothers. Let's talk and let's hear your side and my side. Whoa, I, 
once someone starts screaming and yelling, fuck, right away, it's like, dude, you, you lost all credibility. Once the conversation happens, yeah. it's like, okay, I don't really agree. I kind of get where you're coming from. The conversation, it's important, the conversation, and they don't have it about race. Yeah. It's, it's always, and let's be honest, right? I'm a white dude. If I'm with four white dudes and a black dude walks over, Simba comes over. Yeah. Nothing changes. I always feel that people, like, if I go over to a group with Simba, people always change who they are. Like, yeah, dude, yeah, just, so, oh, look, let me all this yeah, start. It's true, though. Speaking a different no, they, dialect. I, it's, like, it's true, though, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, it's 100% true. And people true. aren't afraid to have a real race conversation. Like, dude, let's have a real race. Forget about putting it on Twitter with a million people who will hide behind their fake emoji names. Let's have, the, the, when you have a conversation, you all walk out friends like, okay, I understand both sides. Yeah. Well, you, it's you funny agree? because my, my friend who's a cop is a white cop. Mm-hmm. And I thought if I made him a white cop in the movie, it would be about black and white. Mm-hmm. And I was like, which it I, was. So I struggled with. Yeah. I struggled with that because I was like, even though he's a white cop and that would have been true to what happened in real life, the general public would be like, oh, it's black and white. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it becomes black and white. Versus the gray, versus the, it's complicated. It's a really complicated fucking thing. And how do we get beyond, how do we, how do we listen in a way that um, we don't feel like we're being preached to? Oh, I'm telling cops how to be. I'm not telling cops how to be anything. Cops, listen, all I'm trying to do is steer in a way of more justice, more humanity. How do we get towards a place where less people can die at the hands of police, period. And I think, listen, there's communities that are doing community relations. There's even in New York City, you have plenty of yeah, amazing, a lot of programs. Uh, lots of programs. Despite the programs, there's still a discrepancy in, of course. in the amount of arrests towards people. Whatever it is, there's, there's still a lot of work to be done. And how do we have those conversations in a way that doesn't feel like, uh, you know, oh, we've had it. We know what we, we, know what we have to do. Going to film school, now making this movie, do you feel like you, your first movie, Stop, and now this, was it Monsters and Men? Yeah. Do you feel like, hey, I'm going to try to make a difference? I'm not just making movies to make it's – like, is that because you're bringing up conversation because the truth – your movie, you won a ton of awards at Sundance. You did. You mm-hmm. tweeted all of them. Like, mm-hmm. really, you got such acclaim. Like, people were going crazy for the movie. They loved it. Oh, thank you. No, <laughs> well, I didn't see it, so I'm not giving you acclaim yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I'm serious. People loved your movie, though. They did. They love the movie, hot button issue. People like that. People yeah. want to leave a movie and talk yeah. about it and stuff. So, do you feel like you can do more than just make a movie to make? I think so. I mean, yeah, that's cool. I think it's my background in general. I I grew up teaching. I was a history major. You know, I wanted to somehow affect lives with my work. And it doesn't to me. I it's regardless of genre. You could do it in a horror film. You could do it in a comedy. You know, my my favorite films are films that literally impacted my life and made me, you know, I think a better person, you know? And I just wanted to try to have films that, that at least attempt to do that. So now you, you go to Sundance, your film gets premiered. Were you in the, um, like, audience during the movies? I only watched the premiere. Oh, I'd be too nervous. No, no, no I, really, I only you... watched the first one. The first one. And Which, I mean... If you didn't watch, they... you watched the crowd, be honest. Did no, you no, watch the crowd? No. Oh, really? No. no, I mean, when I first showed up, because... You have to introduce the film. Oh, no. Okay. And it's like there were over 1,200 people at the premiere. And honestly, I didn't see a person. I just – it was like, you know, being a – you know, as being a, a baseball player, like you you hear the noise, but you, you're like, I don't know. You just got to hit the ball. Like, yeah. I don't know. You just got to think about like 
Oh, that's weird what you though. Do. So it was like a weird thing where it just literally like I don't remember a single person. I just remember you know sit, taking my seat and trying to trying to watch the film objectively. Like if I was just a regular audience member watching my movie, how would I grade this? How would I watch this? And that's how I watched the film. Were you happy the way the film came out? I was happy. Yeah, I'm happy. It's I mean, listen, it's not a perfect movie, and I don't think any movie's perfect. For first, maybe you never saw Goonies. Sorry. Yeah, no, Goonies. And, yeah, if Goonies you saw Goonies, Goonies is perfect. Right? There's a perfect movie. There's a perfect. <laughs> I bet you there's a few people in the world that are like ah, Goonies. I didn't like Goonies, but <laughs> but no, it's it's an amazing movie, and I I'm proud of the film because I think for a number for a couple of reasons. One, it's I set out to do something and we did it. And it's not easy to make any any movie in any of any size, so that's an accomplishment in and of itself. And it says a little something, you know what I mean? I feel like it's actually touching people. You know, audience members have come up to me and responded like, "This my it was my favorite film." Or yeah, a was, lot of people wrote you know, that. Ama- you know, just whatever it was, it was just like the movie touched me, or it helped me, or I'm, you know, I want to do something. How can I? What help? a cool feeling that is, right? It's I mean, it's like being a man. You play, you play a sport. I always think about. I always bring it back to sports. Yeah, you play a sport. It's not about the sport. It's about the lives you touch with the sport. What do you do with that platform? It wasn't that way, but it, it always was, but it wasn't as political, political size as, as it is now. Mm-hmm. But now, even more so, we live in a time where you can't just be an athlete. No, of course not, because if only, why doesn't so-and-so make a comment about this? Yeah, make, yeah, yeah. Oh, why didn't you put your name you on You only this? raise as much money for this. Yeah, yeah. So now, you can't be, you can't be an athlete anymore. It's not about... The sport. Don't you wish we go back to when you're like 15? A little bit. These weren't issues. Sometimes. Like the, the truth. Now, let me ask you this. I'll ask you because we never talked about this. Was it an issue growing up? Like it was, but it wasn't an issue. Because, maybe because of social media and videos. Is that it? Because like, well, that definitely helped. That I mean, that definitely propelled it forward. I never thought about it as an issue because it's just the only upbringing I knew. Yeah, I see. It wasn't until I got out of it till I realized, like, wait, it's not on. Yeah, yeah. It was a little... Yeah, I, I never knew it was an issue. Um, My best friend since... Well, we, we haven't talked... We actually talked. It was funny. When Chris Canty was here, I'll, drop, I'll name drop. My best friend, his name is Justin Walker. He listens to all of them. We're not really friends. Was he, was he playing for Wagner or something? No, St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Yeah, okay. we were best friends five years old. We were friends until around six years ago. We were falling out because of his new wife, but we, it's okay. We don't You'll talk be for, back. You'll yeah, be back. We don't talk for three years. Chris Canty comes on, makes us call each other on the air. Anyway, we're friends. And I talked to him about it a couple of years ago when we were friends. And I'm like, dude, was it an issue that you were black and I was white? Because I don't ever remember it ever being an issue. He's like, dude, I never knew it was until I went to – like he went to University of Virginia yeah. and I did my own thing. He's like – and then you kind of gravitate to whoever you were with. He's like, I never knew it was an issue. And let's be honest. You played on a baseball team. If you think about it, was there any other black kids on the team besides you? I'm no, trying to think. No, no, it was we- It was so weird it, because honestly – it became when I went to college. It was a different kind of white. Yeah, it was a different kind of white. Staten Island white. Oh no, <laughs> the rest of the world white. It, you're was right. Very different. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. It was a classism thing. It was a uh, money was wise and stuff. Wealth. It was a different because we we were poor together. Everybody was sort of poor. Yeah, we were poor. So <laughs> we were all kind of scrappy. I was poor and, while you were poor. So but, it was like it was like oh you know do you know not until right now and this is on my mother's life. I didn't realize you were the only black person on the baseball team. To just now, I'm like, what are you? Do yeah, we have any? Yeah. Do, I, I was didn't the even, only one. Oh my god! For I didn't even years. think of it. For many Holy years. Shit. I was the token black kid. I didn't even years. know that. But I had I had asylum. You know, I had, wow, I had, that's weird. Because I had a dad, 
who was a coach, mm-hmm. and I also had a dad who had a gun and a shield. So yeah, yeah. So like, you were good. You were good. So I was good. <laughs> it was like you know I had this little blanket of protection. You hey, know? so I, I'm, so this is Eddie. Eddie comes on only when I have boxes on. Eddie, good morning, Eddie. Eddie just woke up. Ed, tell tell Ray what he said because Ed uh, Ray filmed in South Africa. Tell him about when you Eddie just went to Africa to watch some soccer. Tell him, and this is gonna blow which your part, mind. Which part of Africa? The uh, Ivory Coast. Oh, okay. Amazing. So uh, I was there for the uh, FIFA World Cup qualifying, <clears throat> and uh, it's a predominantly French-speaking country. It's a, they call it Côte d'Ivoire. And I went over there, and I was limited in the amount of people that I could really talk to in English. And the few people that I was able to have a conversation with in English, mostly the hotel staff and some of the other people that were helping me, uh, pretty much... Uh, they really hadn't met any Americans, and they had like a million questions to ask me. And a lot of the questions that they were asking me is all of the their their view of America was very skewed, and it was all about they knew the details of every single thing that happened in Ferguson, every single thing that happened oh, in Staten Island. Uh, they knew more about it than I did, and I'm from New York City, That's so like they weird. knew every detail of everything. And I noticed that uh, the Chinese have been investing a lot in uh, Western Africa, and um, pretty much all these young kids that you would see running around, they all have smartphones, and they're all on Twitter. Uh, we might not be aware of it because they're doing it in French, because uh, a lot of the countries on the interior of Africa are predominantly French-speaking and some of the other African languages, but they're constantly talking about every single incident that happens in America, and it, they know everything. He was they, telling me, like, Eric Garner, like, they knew more about... Garn- then that's what they wanted to talk about. They wanted to ask me questions because I'm from New York, and they wanted to know what I knew about Eric Garner. They wanted to know, like, and I'm like, I don't so know. Fascinating. I, I think he's from. Isn't it? Isn't you know, that weird? Fascinating. Yeah. I thought that was weird. Wow. That that's their view of this country, and a lot of them, uh, some of the people, they said that they were afraid to come here because they were so afraid that they would not be treated fairly by the police, and that was the perception that they had of this country. I mean, you know, it's. When the videos, are, you know, get out there, it's tough, you know, um, because they feel generic. Like just another black person or another minority? With yeah. It's like it feels random. Like why this person? Why in Ferguson or Staten Island? When you watch Walter Scott, for instance. Oh, there's no, no one can defend that. that, that no one no one can defend that person. Really, when really. You watch a situation like that. You're but, like, but no one in the, the world. No one in the what world in the can defend world? that. Yeah. Nobody. 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 Not even the police. Police were like, yeah. You, oh, and instead of wait a minute, we saw the video. Yeah. You, no, you have to. That no, was, you gotta. You gotta. But without that videotape, and the guy who videotaped it did not want to come forward know, with know, the tape. I know, I know. Because of what happened to the guy in Staten Island, he said, "Oh, I don't want to come forward because." So he had to make, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a tough. Spot. And without that tape, it's he reached for my taser. Now, when let's go back to your movie. When can you watch a movie? Because I couldn't. See, how so can you it, see a movie? Okay, so it premiered at Sundance in January, which was a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was sold to Neon, uh, which is a, a distribution company mm-hmm. based here in New York. They have an office in LA. Uh, they did this film recently called I Tanya. Did you see the film? The Tanya Han movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually, yeah, yeah. So I, Neon is releasing. Dude, I've the movie. seen like ten movies. I saw Itania. Itania was great because what's her name was in it? Who's the Robbie? Robbie Margot. Yup. <laughs> Robbie's great. She's a great actress. Yup. She's a great actress. Extremely talented. She is skater. a great yup actress. And um, yeah, so they are releasing the movie. Uh, I'm very excited. I mean, like, now when is the movie coming out? Fall. 
fall. So October. In like theaters. Theaters. Isn't in that like, weird though? Like, like, like parents could go see I mean, it. But like I, I know you could bring gonna, ki- I mean, you could bring kids, I think. This is going to sound like fanboy stuff. Isn't that weird? Like It's really weird. We played baseball. And you have a movie. Like, I know. It's weird. Isn't it's it? Weird. It's weird for me. I'm like, mom. Are you excited? I'm excited because honestly, like I tell my mom, like, mom, I'm premiering at Sundance to her. She doesn't know what Sundance is. I know. (laughs) Sundance, great. Where is it? Oh, it's in Utah. It snows there. It's like, it's literally like a foreign thing. But when I say, Ma, you can go to your local theater and watch the movie. It's a pretty special thing. Like, it's going to make it, um, you know, it's going to make it to a place where my friends in Staten Island can go see it. It's not... Oh wait, you're playing. Where is it? Where's it? Where is it playing? Oh yeah, yeah. Send me the link. No, no, go the link. Go the link. No, 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 no. no. Go and bring your wife and a friend. Are you going to go to any premieres and see anything, or is there any big premieres? I hope so. I mean, they're gonna, you know. So right now, it's all like strategy about like which festival. Oh, that's awesome. So it's out of my hands in terms of what 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 happens with the film. But okay, it'll have a life outside the festival. We've been kicking it for an hour. I'm gonna hit you with five or six quick questions. You ready? Here we go. Ray Green. Next topic. You're gonna tackle i think i'm gonna go into the future a couple years ahead you ever see the movie her no uh with um, i don't watch my movies so you know spike jones nope it'll be somewhere in the not too distant future any memorabilia and it's gonna sound silly but did you keep anything from any of your sets that really mean a lot to you uh anything from my set so they created a, a 1986 Mets poster from, uh, you know, for the... Okay, that's cool. You're yeah, a Mets guy. Yeah, I'm a Mets guy. So they created a poster. So that that's still sitting in a, in a framed poster. It hasn't been hung yet, but I will keep that one for a long time. You and I are at a bar. You want to impress somebody at the bar. We access to every guest, 140-something guests, who's the coolest person on your phone that if you texted them, they would text you back. Coolest person in my phone. That's that would, a good question. If you texted them, they would text you back. Hmm. I mean, I think John David Washington is pretty cool. That's he's, actually a gr- oh, that's a Kwan, that's a huge guess. Okay, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's I a think good he's one. a pretty cool dude. And All he's right, a great actor. So is that your answer? Yeah, that's John a good David one. Okay. Washington. When do I get casted in one of your movies? When am I making my next film? Fair. <laughs> and the last one: <laughs> Does Ray Green have a casting couch? <laughs> <laughs> You got to ask my wife. <laughs> my friend, what I mean, a pleasure to uh, – so I love doing this podcast, okay? And I'm like, oh, shit, Ray has a movie. I don't care if your movie was about like building chairs. The fact I got to catch up with you again and talk about real stuff because 99% of people would come up here. I have comedians on and athletes, and it's like, so you scored 63 points. Cool. Yeah. The fact that you actually want to really make a difference and the fact that we grew up together, dude, this was like a really cool interview for I, me. I loved it. I, I hope you had fun, so my great friend. To say I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Monsters and Men. Me. Well, you never told me the last thing. Why? What's the name? Monsters and Men. What was there? I mean, the idea is that it's sort of the duality of man and woman that we all have, you know, good and bad in us. We all have choices to make. We can all either choose to turn a blind eye, or we can choose to do something good. I mean, everybody, every human being is born with choices. You know, you have this idea that you can have multiple sides to you, and which side do you choose? It's a choice. Life is a choice. Do the drug, not do the drug. Just go to school, not go to school. Every, every, you know, your life is a series of choices, and that's the idea. It's like it's not about men. Men is a, is, you know, men have the catching up to do with the women in the film. Final question: 2018, will you finally be a Yankee fan and experience winning once in your life? Listen, 
<laughs> I'm not a Yankee hater. All right, I like baseball. I'm a baseball fan. I'm a Mets fan, and I I will I can enjoy a Yankee fan. I can enjoy a Yankee game, but no, I will never okay. never ever root. Just give me your name one more time, because I know you as Ray. And what's your name now? Oh, <laughs> Ronaldo Marcus Green, Moss is a man. Oh, God, it's Ray. Come on. <laughs> My friend, thank you. Brother.